three, two, one, go. Welcome back to Sparking Creativity, the EthnoArts podcast. I am your host, Justin, and today we have a special treat with uh, another guest host talking about a very important topic that uh, even one of our listeners had written to us last year wanting to know about about this. So um, we're going to be talking about um, EthnoArts in deaf communities, and our special guest host today is Sue Say hello, Sue. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I am Sue. Um, I've been working with alongside various deaf communities in the Asia Pacific, I think since 2010. And I learned a lot from them and um, and also still learning. And I think my life has never been the same since mm-hmm. then. And um, I do feel like I've become more and more creative. That's about me. That's great. <laughs> um, we're, we're really grateful for uh for your service to the deaf communities but also for taking the time to help us to learn more about what things look like in their world what what ministry looks like and in particular their creative expressions and how this field of ethno arts applies to uh to to ministry amongst deaf communities so um maybe just we start out with what what do we need to know about deaf communities we'll just start there um, I think that the first thing that came into my mind was like, you know, um, senses. If you know about senses, like see, hear, taste, touch, and et cetera, et cetera. And um, think about your life with all these senses and without one of them, like hearing. Mm-hmm. What would your life be? And I think um, I can't really speak. I'm not a professional and I'm not deaf. So I am just simply a hearing person working among the deaf community. So I could just share with you about my own experiences and uh, what I learned from them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we, uh, I generally would think about my own daily life, our daily life, our lives are basically built upon what we can hear. Just a life, a day, um, you know, one, one day in your life. Think about what do you do? Washing machine. When it's done, mm-hmm. probably there will be a beeping sound. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when you're boiling the kettle, when it's done, you know, there will be some kind of sound. Right. And uh, your TV and your car honking and uh, even your doorbell. Mm-hmm. Somebody visit you, they press the doorbell and you hear the sound and your phone ringing and et cetera, et cetera. But all these things are actually means, mean nothing to them, to the deaf. So deaf, depending on the visual, and their lives are uh, pretty much built around what they can see so and what they can touch so for example doorbell they probably can't there will be no sound with the doorbell but it's connecting to a light so when you press mm-hmm. the doorbell and the light came on in a the house they when they see the light blinking they know that someone is out there and uh while phone ringing well they can't hear so it's basically a lot of time is vibration mode or there is a gadget that, uh, what do you call? There will be a lighting blinking on the phone mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So it's touch and see. So this is what uh, I felt like, you know, what I um, know about the deaf when I work with them. 
And I remember that one time somebody asked me, you know, say in a hotel, would I be willing to share a room with my deaf colleagues? Then I say that I'm so sensitive to sound. And my colleague would be so sensitive to light. If in mm. the middle of the light, I want to go to the bathroom and I turn on the light, what would happen? So this is actually very different. So think about all the difference that uh, between, you know, one person can see without hearing and one person can hear without seeing what other lives like. Yeah. And um, another thing that I would really like us to know is that, you know, majority of the deaf growing up in the hearing families, uh, basically they are one deaf in the family. So, um, and sometimes you think about, you know, being growing up, being deprived of language and also deprived of communication and depriving, being deprived of expression and some information. And um, think about all those things. If you don't have all those things, what will happen to you? So a lot of times the deaf, you know, um, at least this is what I know, when they meet with other deaf, they were really excited you know, life become much more meaningful to them and they could even chat for a long time, for hours and hours and hours and time becomes like a irrelevant to them. Yeah, those are the little things that I, yeah, would like, uh, just, this is my experience, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so many things that, that we take for granted mm-hmm. with, yeah. and how, uh, even just as you say it, there are so many things that we rely on the sound for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and even even with with podcasts or radio and, and how you spend your time while driving, or uh, it's such a huge part of of mm-hmm. everyday life that um, it's it's just I, I have no no category or or a box to put that in in my mind to really understand what that what that might mm-hmm. be like. So yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so yeah. how would they? Uh, we, I mean, we know that there's sign language, but can you talk about just communication uh, between deaf people? Mm. Uh, well, we all know that sign language, sign languages themselves are language, mm-hmm. a true language. So there is a language. They do communicate with sign language, but um, what we're hearing could probably just hear without seeing a person and um, just hear the voice, maybe the tone of voice. We knowing that that person might be angry or not angry mm-hmm. or peace or happy or whatever. So the deaf, it has to be very visual because the sign language is not just about signing only. It's visual. That means that you are also including what you can see on the face of a person mm-hmm. and the body gesture and the movement, which means that the rhythm of the hands, like fast, intense, slow, soft, and all those things and your body language and everything that you can see from here. Sorry, I wish I, I wish this is a video recorded, uh, right. but from your head, mm-hmm. the top of your head to the chest here. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, where you could, yeah. So they, they see this part here. That's, that's this, like the, the whole the thing frame. here. That's where they're, they're, all the communication is happening in that window. Their, yeah, their hands stay window. generally within that box. Uh, not that's not just that box It's actually the face, mm-hmm. your eye, your eyes, your eye movement, right. and your mouth, and your facial expression, your skin, mm-hmm. and your body, how you move it, and uh, you know direction and everything and location. So it's all in here. You're basically watching the TV. Mm-hmm. So the communication has to be with something that you 
uh, that include the whole person. It's not just uh, one aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I remember that one time when I was at the airport. <laughs> this is actually I was trying with a deaf, and we were at a different gate. So she went into the gate, and I was actually not yet, you know, still waiting in the somewhere up there. But we could see each other. We can't definitely people cannot talk to each other because it's like it's, there's a it's a there's a separation between us. Mm. So when I was upstairs and she was downstairs, but we can see each other. We could just sign and communicate from far. Mm-hmm. So, but this is something that the deaf, uh, I mean, the hearing person might not be able to do. Um, yeah, except probably shouting. I'm not sure, but yeah. So, you know, I mean, in terms of communication, I think one of the things that we need to think about there there shouldn't be any blockage. Mm-hmm. So, um, think about you know. It, Maybe you c- we can also think about our home here, our our bedroom. Mm-hmm. My bedroom is all. If I were to close up the window, and my my door, nobody could see me. Mm-hmm. So, but I could communicate with voice. Right. However, for the deaf, this is not. This is impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. So there's just a whole other world that 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 they get to experience. Um, and a lot of our listeners are either in ministry or they're, they're supporting ministry in some way. And so I know that they would be curious to know is how being deaf impacts their spiritual life and what are, what are the options for them, um, as far as going to church or, um, worship and interacting with, with scripture. Um, can you share a bit about that? Um, yeah, um, I think one of the things I want to point out, well, this is just my experience visiting the churches and visiting deaf ministry in the church. I actually attended uh, a few um, times with the deaf in a hearing church. And I do find that um, this is just my own observation. So a lot of times the service is always interpreted, even including the song. So when they were singing, they were singing the hearing song. Yeah, this is a hearing language, a spoken language song. and um, But we know that sign language has a different grammatical structure. Mm. That's one. And another one is that the deaf could not hear the rhythm. They can't hear the rhythm. They have no idea how your rhythm flow because the music, uh, even the music is being played. And uh, when, the, when, the, when the interpreter interpret, the, the, the unfortunate part of this interpreter is that I think this is nobody's fault. It's just probably the society is built in such a way that we don't have, uh, we have, don't have the capacity to build up interpreters. And uh, the interpreter wouldn't know how, the interpreter would just <clears throat> sign according to what is what she sees on the, on the screen, mm-hmm. the words. And for some deaf who can read, they probably would follow the word and, and just sign it. Mm-hmm. But the rhythm is actually very off, different from what we're hearing would, would have mm-hmm. and um, simply because it's difficult for them to, to follow the rhythm and also the rhythm is not their rhythm it's our hearing rhythm mm-hmm. we hearing has a different rhythm from the deaf and so a lot of times I think a lot of deaf would sign the, the, the song without feeling what it is and some probably don't even understand what it means and of course some would know but there were very few of them would understand and um, you know and, and how this in how this would affect their spiritual life, probably you could imagine 
And even in the interpreted service, like the pastor would speak, you know, a, a, a chunk of message, mm-hmm. and you have an interpreter. And if the interpreter is so skilled and so good, the public, she could probably interpret 100% to the audience, to the deaf audience. However, most of our interpreters are not as skilled. And so they would actually try to pick out what is easy, what they can understand and translate meaningfully, some of them. And uh, so whatever the message then be passed on would be reduced to a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Another thing is, actually, this is very interesting, is that I actually attended one deaf church. This is really a deaf preaching. Um, it really imprinted in my mind. Um, now, this is in somewhere far away, I think in America. I still remember the church is in Dallas. Yeah. So, um, and I was actually sitting there looking at the interaction. The pastor was preaching. He he is actually very theatrical. Hmm. He was preaching a good message, but he has a lot of movement there. And he's, there's some kind of performance to uh, help the audience. I mean, the, the you know, to help us. Another thing is that sometimes when some a pastor says something difficult and the audience wouldn't understand, and this pastor is very, very, uh, very sensitive to the reaction of the audience, mm. the facial reaction, and also sometimes the 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 death will sign certain things. Like, okay, maybe I don't really understand what does it mean, you know? Mm-hmm. So the pastor, whoever preached on the pulpit would actually quickly catch that. So there's some interaction there, actually. So, uh, but for us hearing, we probably would just preach without nonstop. You know, mm-hmm. we cannot interrupt the pastor even if you don't understand. So there, are, there, are, there are a lot of things like you know. Um, I, I keep thinking about you know, like uh, our hearing is very one way. I sit there and pastor just preach and just throw the message at me. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the culture, probably traditional way. I'm not sure, but for some community, it is actually the the two way is needed. It's actually communication. I mean, I think I'm, even when we God talked to us, it's a communication. It's two way. It's not just one way mm-hmm. throwing things at me. So, yeah. So there's um, even just that. I'm just trying to think of what what are the things that we can uh, do to make more space in churches. If if in in hearing churches, if they're um, sharing space with deaf people in the congregation, um, it seems like you you really need to be a little more flexible in that in giving the message, give, having some space to for that interaction or back and forth, or maybe even preaching a little slower so the interpreter has time to to keep up. Mm. I I would I personally think that the best way is to raise up deaf pastor. Mm. That's the most important. Uh, to be to 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 give uh, the leadership to opportunity for a deaf person to mm-hmm. lead, and uh, we we can't say that this person is not good enough or whatever. But I think it's always a a, a good thing to think about you know raising up someone who can communicate so well with the deaf community and able to pass on what God wants them to know, and um and another thing is actually the well, but there's, actually, there are also good things about hearing churches because there's also like a, we call it uh, like a Bible study group. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not the church service. Outside of the service, you have a group of people coming together and there would be a deaf group here, you know. 
So mm -hmm. if the deaf group here, and if the leaders would allow the deaf to take charge, that would be so great. Mm -hmm. So how to, to do it their way and not necessarily that, okay, we're hearing this is the one that we need to do and you must do all these things. And, uh, but, but they are not hearing, you know, they, they have their own way of doing things. So it would be good for us to think about letting them do things their way and, and trusting the Lord will lead them. Um, I think a lot of times we don't trust. We think that people are not good enough. We don't trust that, you know, they're able to do whatever, you know. Yeah. So if God is so big and so powerful, how can I not trust that he could do all this even with, even with the weakest person in the world? Mm. Yeah. So. That's great. Yeah. So what about some uh, ministry amongst deaf communities and, and what does that look like that, that you, whether your ministry or other ministries that you're aware of, um, what does that look like? Uh, there are a lot of uh, deaf ministries. I mean, um, I, I really can't. Mm. So among the, the hearing world, uh, I mean, like social ministry, I think this is what I know. I can't really speak for other countries, but the, sure. in the countries that I know of is that, you know, the hearing church would have a ministry. So they park it under social ministry. So this is like an outreach ministry mm -hmm. for the deaf or for other people's group or something like that. Um, so the, what are they look like? Um, I think a lot of times we... Um, I'm hearing person so I can speak negatively about myself. <laughs> so I think we impose. A lot of time we impose because we have an agenda. We know what to do. And we we say that this is the way. And then we put all this on. Okay, you go and do this. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times probably we have not really think about, let's learn, come and teach me about you. Come and teach me your language. Come and teach me your culture. What do you need? What 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 are the what are your ways? How do you do these things? You know, come and teach me. I think we we lost. We we have not really think about that part. Yeah, that someone whom we think is probably lesser than us to teach us. So maybe for for me, I have to I have to uh, humble myself. Come and teach me. You know, your way. What what would you do with this? How would you change this? So those are the things. And I think, I think um, a, a lot of times we, we felt that, you know, because deaf live in a culture, for example, Malaysian deaf. So they live in Malaysia and I'm Malaysian. So we are of same culture. Basically, mm -hmm. we would say that. But actually, um, the culture is very different. So the culture is not based on the culture that we, traditional culture but that we know of. The culture is based on the daily life. Our daily life is very, very different. Like we said, like we just talked about before, that our life is built on what we hear and their mm -hmm. life is built on what they see. So come to think about, you know, if the world just built on visual only and touch, how would the, the culture be like here? Mm -hmm. And and we have to learn. I have to learn from them. And I think the deaf has been learning from the hearing world because it be, it's been imposed upon them. They have no mm -hmm. choice sometimes yeah so there are a lot of issues that um i personally think that you know um we our assumption like we know that no assumption of knowing 
even though we think that we know the culture and this is deaf, but we probably see deaf as a disability rather than a culture. Mm. Uh, because this is how we uh, categorize them, even mm-hmm. our in a country, in any country, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, certainly so, here in America, that's the way it's been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, so I, I, so how ministry is like, I think it's, it's a bit difficult for me to say, depending on um, the leaders who are probably sensitive to the deaf culture and they might do things very differently. And some might be thinking that, you know, I'm, I'm good. I have a very good agenda. I have, I, I want good for them. So what is good for me is not necessarily good for them. So mm-hmm. we probably miss that too. Yeah. I think for myself, I'm actually very privileged to be able to work with the deaf uh, in, in, um, you know, to, to, in many ways. In Bible translation, I learned so much from them. Um, it's just amazing. It just changed the way I look at things and also changed the way I look at the Bible. The Bible becomes more alive, I think, you know, because I see it now no, no longer as flat. I'm actually mm-hmm. seeing the Bible as something that I can actually imagine things are happening. So mm-hmm. it's like a movie. So it's very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I answered the question. So. Yeah. Yeah. I- <laughs> I think, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, our our listeners are of hearing community, but if any of them are working with deaf communities, it's it's in that kind of hearing, hearing coming and and trying to help and support deaf communities in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you could share a little bit about um, in deaf communities and and what their ministry to each other looks like, or or deaf churches and. Um, maybe share a bit about that? Um, I think there are some deaf churches, um, at least the, what I know of. Um, well, I work with various deaf, and, and then there is a deaf pastor that I know of who is actually uh, running a deaf church in some part in Japan. And of, of course, yeah. Um, so what the ministry is like, I think, I'm not very clear because I I don't know, um, but I know what from he from what he shared he felt that you know things that we do for example uh, arts ethno arts you know how deaf worship in a deaf way mm-hmm. and uh, the the difference between the words and also the, the the words meaning that you know the song or the hearing song and also the deaf song so called deaf song and um, there's another important thing is that the trauma healing, arts and trauma healing, that one is so powerful that he felt it's actually very good hmm. for, for, yeah, for his, uh, for his congregation. And uh, well, he attended all our workshops and arts and trauma healing. Um, so I think, I think um, a lot of times I only see the ministry that's been led by hearing mm-hmm. and uh, less by the deaf. So um, I, there are a lot of good people, hearing people out there. I think they try their best to learn sign language. Mm-hmm. I even know someone who actually ran, um, was, a, was a hearing person, but had a heart full of deaf, and his signing is really good. Yeah, it, he was able to communicate with the deaf very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think his heart, he's really, really wanted to serve the deaf. And uh, so there are a lot of people, there's still a lot of people who has a good intention, very, very good intention, and also knowing that you no, know, I need to learn their language and understand who they are uh, in order for me to minister to them. So there are some people like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
think that's a great way to to think of it and we and all of what we are talking about on this podcast and in those working in ethno arts are thinking about cross-cultural situations and i imagine the same principles apply like you said you can learn their sign language in order to communicate there are things that you can learn about their daily life and their culture mm-hmm. and yeah. um and 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 here we're particularly interested in in arts and i think uh in thinking of how other people are working in ethno arts they are also trying to equip uh, people from the communities and train mm-hmm. them and e- equip them to do uh, to do what god has led them to do and how mm-hmm. god has gifted them to do it so i i appreciate that um mm-hmm. that connection there uh, mm-hmm. for us that it would be the same and viewing it as a yeah. a cross-cultural situation that makes mm-hmm. sense um so speaking yeah. of arts let's talk a bit about that um first of all i guess we we haven't really talked about uh sign languages in general um we talk we've talked about how arts are not universal languages um mm-hmm. And and I'm wondering, we know that there's multiple or hundreds of sign languages, right? Do you do you know the number of of sign languages in the world? Uh, well, according to the uh, ethnologue, it's probably four hundred something. But mm-hmm. these are all documented. They are also non-documented, so we are not. I'm not sure. Okay. So at, at least something. more than four hundred. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, mm-hmm. what about what what do arts look like? And artistic expression in deaf communities. You mentioned you mentioned song, um, mm-hmm. but that's that would be song in, in a different way than the hearing community would would um, think of it. So a different uh, category. Yeah. Um, well, when you say arts are not universal languages, and yet it is also universal in some way, because right. artists easily communicate without even words. So it's a very, uh, I think, universal, non-universal is, is not clear. It depends on what it is. I think it, it's the same with among the deaf. There's something that's universal. There's also something that's not universal. And I think it's also it's the same with the hearing because it's the, it's the environment that we are bringing. It's the environment of upbringing, where we were brought up, in what country we are brought up, and what influences us, the society that we're in. And all those things applies to the deaf as well. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things, even for the deaf, when you talk about rhythm, let's say um, uh, Myanmar deaf and the Thai deaf and American deaf, the way they sing a song, let's say probably, let's say they move their body. The way they move their body might be very different. The mm-hmm. mannerism is different because the culture is is different. So, um, and um, I know that Malaysian deaf, when they move, even in the clap their hand, and the Thai deaf clap their hands. It's very different. Hmm. So the mannerism of presenting it is different. Yeah. And um, another thing is that we, uh, I think one of the deaf made a remark um, the, uh, at one of at our, at our conference the other day. She said that, well, we keep singing, you know, like, you know, this and this. Clap your hand, clap your hand, and then move your body left and right, right? Mm-hmm. But then suddenly she said something, who is to say that this is the deaf way? Hmm. So we don't know, because this is how we do it, even for the hearing, isn't it? So this That's is right. what they see. And, but in order to feel the rhythm, you have to swing your body. 
So well, who is to say that we have to swing our body left and right? So what is a dark way? I think the best people to answer, actually, I was thinking about this morning too. I wish I could have called a death to be into, you know, to the podcast with me. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, and, and this podcast would be a, a, a audio recording rather than a video. I mean, a, a video. video recording rather than yeah. an audio recording so that you can see. And I think there are a lot of things that we think about. The song must be in a certain way and the rhythm must be in a certain way, but it may not necessary. For the deaf, it is to, because song is simply an expression. If it's an expression and communicating to what is in your heart and worshiping the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think the deaf can have their own respective rhythm because we can't define what is art and we cannot define what is poem. And it's difficult to define what is a song because different culture has a different definition of all those things. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I may not be able to answer your questions. I mean, I think, uh, like I say, arts, yes, it's not, not universal languages, but yet it is also universal, mm-hmm. depending on, you know, um, simply because we are all very different. Yeah. Right. Different it, it certainly mm-hmm. exists everywhere. It, it, like you said, it might be different and and how that looks and what mm-hmm. the movements might be but and, and what yeah. that's communicating from culture to culture. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> So I know you have a, a story to share from your experience. I just wanted to let people know that we're going to put a link in, in our show notes for a, uh, a video presentation um, about about deaf communities and ethno arts. And it also uh, talks about trauma healing. And uh, mm-hmm. this is a presentation that was given at the Global Consultation on Arts and Music and in, in Missions. Um, mm-hmm. We've talked about that on previous episodes. And um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put that up and, and you can learn some more uh, for yourself and actually get to see it. That's the, like you said, the problem with an audio uh, podcast. So we'll, we're going to put this up so yeah. people can watch and can get to, to see what that looks like there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, so what, um, we'll just let you go ahead and end our time with, the, with your story for us. Okay. Um, oh, maybe I can just point out a few things on the presentation. Sure. You probably will see three presentation of an art form uh, by uh, Myanmar, Thai, and Japanese. So you could actually see what are the difference. And oh, of course, there are, these are various form, but take note of the mannerism of presenting it. It's not the form that you see. Mm-hmm. It's the movement, how they actually move themselves. And uh, what are the what are the things that you can see that makes them look different? Um, I just want to give an example. Um, I think this just came into my mind that uh, if you know, okay, there's a time uh, and one art form is very, very popular. We call it um, vernacular visual, VV, vernacular Mm -hmm. visual that was quite popular. And... um, it's basically you actually sort of like you become, I mean, depending on you become the the, the subject itself. Mm. Yes. And how you move things, you know, to, it's really powerful. I think a lot of death like it. Now, the thing is that one day uh, I was in this country. I'm not supposed to mention the name of the country. True. And uh, somebody sent a, a video on the phone and then we were watching it. Oh, this is really good. Really good. Then I asked the deaf, yeah, it's so good. 
So I asked them, how do you feel? Um, this is not from my country. Even the face is, I know the person, the death. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not because of the art form. It's because the way they presented the person who signed it. It's designed in a way that looks like a, a um, American death, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's yeah the the sign. I mean, when you look at it, put an American death and uh, other and a uh, Japanese death together, the way they sign, signing the same thing, and maybe the the manner of presenting it very different. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to, yeah, point that out that you can achieve maybe observe that you know what are the different in the mannerism. Mm-hmm. Great. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, for the story, I think this is a story that I personally felt really powerful to me as well. And I think I learned a lot. It's because of everybody knows what happened in Myanmar. And uh, especially, I think it was like beginning of last year, um, there was a, a political coup. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously the deaf would prefer, uh, was sort of like, you know, suddenly things change, you know, life change. And um, there was a lot of distress among them. And at the same time, we were actually, we were all, um, you know, during the pandemic, we were all like housebound. Mm-hmm. So we use a lot of uh, Zoom and, and do translation work. Um, so then I um, I think uh, we meet every every week. And one at that point, I realized that the face, their face were really downcast. That the deaf couldn't hide their feeling. I mean, like you know, it shows on their face, and um, and knowing that, you knowing the context, we know that you know you're housebound because of pandemic, and also with all these political changes in the country, which is not so welcomed by majority, and um, we have to stop somewhere and ask, you know, what's going on, and um, so the deaf actually talk about, you know, like, well, I can't do what the people are doing now on the street. But I want to. Um, and, and and another thing is that I'm a Christian. Am I supposed to do that or not? Because my church is telling me, no, you pray. You just pray. But I wanted to go out because my deaf friend saying that you, you don't love your country. So And, and my deaf friend said that you're a Christian, blah, blah, blah. You know, I feel really sad. What can I do to, to, show, uh, to show that I also love my country? And another thing is that I have a lot of anger in me bottling up. What do, what should I do with with those things? So we talk about arts, and um, I think that one of the things that we talk about is that you know, you know that there are a lot of other ways to show to protest, to show your your you are not agreeing to what's happening. Mm-hmm. There are many many ways. One of the best ways is actually arts, you know. So um, and uh, I give them some example, and they were really they were really amazed. Okay, I can do that. Yes. And we, we use one because at the time, one of the deaf were translating Psalm 4. No, I think it's Psalm, th- Psalm 4. Was it Psalm 4? You know, asking God, you know, why, why, why mm-hmm. these things, you know, like the anger, uh, sh- uh, expressing the anger towards God. And and they ask, you know, can we, can we do that? You know, can we tell God we're angry with you? You're not answering our prayer. So why not? Because the Bible says the Bible has the example of that, mm-hmm. especially in Psalms. And uh, then the thing is that, how would they express it? Um, I think this is my learning point. I have to ask them, you know, how would you, how would you do it? What are the things that you would, you know, would have, would, would do to have freedom 
to be impactful and things like that. So they told me what all this, all this, all this. And, and then, you know, after they tell me all this, all this, all this, so I said, let's do this. Let's just think about it, you know, and do it, you know, and, and do a short one. Tell God your feelings, you know, like anger. They actually did an amazing job, you know. It's poem, and they do arts and drawing, mm-hmm. and it, it, those were powerful. And I think because of all this outlet, and then they post some of the stuff on their web, on their Facebook, and the friends stop actually stop uh, sort of like pestering them. <laughs> Or condemning them and they say oh wow this is how i feel you know i feel the same you know this is how i feel and then they want to do more so this is really amazing i think yeah art is really yeah i mean i'm thankful that god gave us this thing called arts mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's so great and such a good example uh, in giving others permission to voice those mm-hmm. feelings towards God, that it's okay to have these, what some people would say are negative feelings, and we can't show that or express that, but being able to direct it to God, I, I'm so grateful for the examples um, in the Psalms mm-hmm. uh, yeah. of that, and and understanding that God is is big enough to take those, and, and He loves us mm-hmm. and understands, and yeah. of all people to be angry and upset and confused, um, when there is a coup going on and, and so many awful things all around, I, I just can't mm-hmm. imagine. And yep, yeah. And how, um, yeah. How how did that feel for them after they were able to express that and get those feelings out in that way? It was uh, it was really amazing that they felt like you know oh wow this is something that I can do. I felt like you know I'm I am at peace. And when they're at peace, they start thinking about the goodness of God. Mm. This is really interesting. So. I think the subsequent poem or song that they, they presented is like, you know, they're angry at God and asking God why all these things. And towards the end, they say that we know that you are with us because of what you what uh what the Bible said. Not just what the Bible said. They were they've been translating stories. So they even sing, okay, this is what you have done for, for Moses, mm-hmm. you know, like uh mm-hmm. for the Israelites. You know, those are the things that they're starting to remember. Okay, yeah, this is what I have been uh, we this is what God has done. And even think about their own life, you know, all this while, the goodness that God has uh, presented, to uh, God has brought to them. So I think when they are able to think, um, when they, I, I think after after those expressions, they were able to refocus. Yeah. So this is very interesting for me because um, um, I, I didn't realize that, you know, um, if I'm not sure, I... I, I some of the videos might be on the Facebook. I don't. I don't use Facebook. I don't know. But some of the videos is so intense and powerful that you know. Once I even when I saw it, I cried. It is mm. just so powerful and intense and so honest. And even after that, you know. So this person or these people, they, they were able to really think about, uh, you know, uh, you know, hanging on the hope, you know, hope with mm-hmm. God and hope in God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So great. And uh, grateful for technology and platforms like Zoom, where you can connect with yeah. people. And um, yes. do do, mm-hmm. do deaf people like to use Zoom? I, I imagine you, it's good that you can see people, but I don't know how well you're able to see everything that you need to see when communicating with each uh, other. I think 
I think that's like visual. So we use Zoom basically for working because, but in a general communication, uh, they send video messages mm-hmm. to each other. Um, I think, but one of the challenges that I have with some of the, with, with the deaf in Myanmar is actually that they um, because of the changes in the country, there's a limitation about how much they could use, they could be online. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you Zoom, they depend on the, the mobile data that they have. So sometimes it's not very stable. And, sure. and also the mobile data is really extremely expensive these days mm-hmm. in their country. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, they like it. So when I communicate with them, I would just, I use Telegram because mm-hmm. Telegram has this button, just touch, and then I could just and video record myself and send a, send a video message to them. So, yeah. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Well, thank you for that. Um, I know that, that you need to go and we, we can wrap up now, but is are there any other mm-hmm. things that you want to say? Any closing thoughts or things that you mm-hmm. feel like hearing people should know? Um, about um, whether about deaf people or or how we can support mm. them. Um, I I think um, other than supporting them in prayer, uh, it would be good if you know of any ministry that needs support. Um, I hate to talk about money, but it is a reality. Mm-hmm. So yes, and if you could, if you are able to, you have the means. You know, maybe you could support. Uh, you know, uh, the deaf ministries financially and praying. And if you are available as physically, then um, it would be good for, uh, I don't want to say you, for us mm-hmm. uh, to learn the language and to learn first, humble enough to learn from them before we tell them what to do. <laughs> so we want to work alongside and not to, uh, not, not in front of them but mm-hmm. walking alongside them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a, a great, great image um, yeah. to be, be next to them and uh, walk yeah. by them. Thank you. So um, we will, we're going to put up some other links as well to have some more examples uh, from, mm-hmm. uh, from some, we have, I think, a song and a poem um, from Myanmar that we'll put up there as well. Uh, so you can get to see some of this and and see what what their expressions um, look like whether you can understand mm-hmm. it or not but i think it's it's i like your invitation to uh, try to see what what you might be able to pick up and what might and how they might be different uh, from the others yeah. that we watch yeah so, um, and i think see it with your feeling don't think about what you can understand and not understand i mean you try not to use your right brain too much <laughs> That's what I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. sounds good. Great. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Sue. We're so grateful for you being here and, and for sharing. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me and thank you that giving me the platform to share. Yeah. Absolutely. And thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, I, if any of our listeners have more questions or you want, or you have your own stories and examples, um, if you have um uh, ministries that you are aware of that are working with the deaf, then please send that our way so we can share and uh, we'll pass that along. And yeah. until next mm-hmm. time, I don't know when next time will be, but thank you for your patience as we put these out as we're able. Um, and mm-hmm. we'll see you sometime 
um, in the near future, Lord willing. So until then, uh, we encourage you to go and spark some creativity wherever you are. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. We would love to hear what you thought. What resonated with you today? What questions did this raise? Anything you'd like to learn more about? Maybe you have stories you'd like to share. Please feel free to contact us at ethnoartspod at gmail.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ethnoartspod. We also invite you to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. This will help others to find out about the show. Please feel free to share the podcast with others. We look forward to sharing more with you next time on Sparking Creativity, the Ethno Arts Podcast.